Now we're talking this month about the prosperous soul, and today we're going to get into the concept of the foundation of the prosperous soul. So let's go to a foundational scripture found in the third book of John. I want you to put your eyes on this and expect that you're feasting on this with your eyes. You're also having it go into your ears and really think about the importance of the statement that he makes in the, uh, in the third epistle of John. Now, the first thing to understand, John was very close to Jesus. I believe not only had a, a very powerful relationship with him, revelation filled his heart and his life. Ultimately, he gave us the revelation from his exile. But not only that, he gave us great revelation on things like the love of God. Can I have an amen? And this is what he says in 3 John, verse 2. Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health. And listen to this carefully even as your soul prospers. He's telling you right out of the gate that any kind of prosperity you have in life is tied to the condition of your soul. Now this disciple whom Jesus loved, who walked with him and knew him, understood his heart. He says, above all things, this man could have said anything. He could have said, above all things, this is what I want to emphasize, or this is what I want you to get, or this is what I want you to, to grasp or have a revelation of. But of all the things he could have said, he said, above all what things, I pray or I wish that thou mayest prosper and be in good health even as your soul prospers. Now, there are people that completely misunderstand the concept of biblical prosperity and it's tied to, to a prosperous soul. So I want to make it as plain as I possibly can today that, that this is no easy believism. It is no, uh, you know, uh, slot machine. It is, is no candy machine where you put something in and you push a number and something comes out. We're talking about a lifestyle that predisposes you to have God's best. Amen. Can I have a better Amen. Can have a really good amen. amen. Because it's as your soul prospers. Your soul has to prosper if you're going to enjoy the best that God has for you. And if you don't go the soul prosper route, you'll go the worldly route. And there are consequences to that. In fact, there's no way to have full life, total prosperity in your life, except by doing it God's way. There are always glaring holes in the life of people when they don't go on fire for God 100%. And so they have to go out there and do what they can do, not realizing there's always a cost, there's always a trade-off to it. Now, I wish above all things, it tells you this is important to him, that you prosper, and more important than that, that your soul prospers. He wants you to be, amen, at the apex of your walk with God. Is it possible this week that you could be more on fire for God than you've ever been in your entire life? Yeah. Come on, give me a good hand. If you believe that, give the Lord a hand clap. I can be at the apex, be on fire for God. It's what this world needs. It's what the body of Christ needs. You being on fire for God. To prosper simply means well-being and victory in every area of life. Say every area of life. It fundamentally means well-being. The unlearned and the religious and the knee-jerk theologians just see one thing. They equate prosperity with money, and that's all they see. But I'm going to tell you something. A man with money who lost his family in the process is not a prosperous man. A man who sacrificed his health in the pursuit of gain is not a prosperous man. We see billionaires, one in this country, one of the richest men in the world, has, what, seven kids, I think, through several different women. And another richest man in the world has, has everything you can think of and couldn't keep his marriage together. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? So if you think that it's just a money issue, you're missing the point. To the world, it's a money issue. To the religious, it's a money issue. And to those who don't understand the concept of the tie between walking in total prosperity, biblical prosperity, and having a prosperous soul, they just throw out little one-liners and attack people from their pulpits and from their TV programs and from their, their newspapers and from their books. But they don't understand it. The funny thing is the same people that attack the message sell their books for $100 a pop. There's a word for that. It's called hypocrite. 
attacking people for believing God for biblical prosperity while you, in the meantime, actually live it out but pretend you don't. Moving right along. <laughs> it just simply means well-being. It does you no good to have all the money in the world and be psychotic. Does you no good to have a thousand properties all over the country, some on the coast, you know, some in Ville, Colorado, some in Hawaii, and you can't sleep at night because there's no peace in your life. It does you no good to have a fleet of airplanes, you know, and 10 cars and, you know, 50,000 square foot house and your kids hate your stinking guts. I'm starting to preach now. <laughs> But biblical prosperity that springs from a prosperous soul, these other areas are intact. What good is it to be at the apex financially in terms of power and position and influence, but you had to violate your integrity, amen, and the law of God and man to do so? Being health means total life health and functioning, abiding, not just getting healed, but walking in divine health and enjoying God's best for your life. Soul is very important to understand because if I tell you <laughs> that uh, the foundation of biblical prosperity is a prosperous soul, you need to know what prosperity is. Say it with me. It's well-being. Well Say it again. Shout it out. Well-being. Well and you have to understand what we mean by soul. Now, of course, we speak, uh, you know, figuratively often about your soul, confusing it with your spirit. Your spirit man right now is born again. If you're saved, say, I'm saved. I'm saved. Your spirit man is perfect, glorified, and amen, large and in charge, if you yield to it. But when it comes to your soul, we're talking specifically about your mind, your will, and your emotions. Say that, my mind, my will... And my emotions. Say it one more time. My mind, my will, and my emotions. So when we're talking about a prosperous soul, we're talking about a mind that is prosperous, a will that is prosperous, and a set of emotions that are, pro that are prospering. And if your mind, your will, your emotions are not prospering, you can't have a prosperous soul. And you can't have what God promises you that you're going to have if you'll line up with what His Word says about a prosperous soul. So confess this boldly today. My mind is prosperous. My will is prosperous. My emotions are prosperous. Now in succeeding weeks, we'll break down each one of them so you'll understand exactly what it means, for example, to have a prosperous will because a lot of Christians claim Jesus Christ as their Lord, but they don't do what He says which means they don't qualify for what we're talking about. Are you here today? The caveat is that our well-being or prosperity hinges entirely on the prosperity of the soul. The prosperous soul is the foundation of life prosperity and includes a prosperous mind, will, and emotions. There's no biblical prosperity without the foundation of a prosperous soul. Confess that right now. I have a prosperous soul. All you have to do to understand this principle is go through Ecclesiastes. And how many know that Solomon had a little bit of money? Had a few women. <laughs> Amen. Had power, prestige. Queen of Sheba and others coming to pay him tribute. Gold and silver galore. The man by even today's standards is probably the wealthiest man to ever live and may ever live. We can't even monetize his assets. They were so large. And that shouldn't surprise you because when he asked of the Lord something, he asked for wisdom. And God said, because you asked for wisdom, I'm going to give you all the other stuff as well. Now, right there, that snapshot is a man choosing a prosperous soul first. And then God absolutely blew him away with his benefits. Amen. And he had all this stuff. Position, title, power, ran a peaceful kingdom unlike his father David. Had money coming out of his ears. And what do you know what he said? His conclusion, meaningless. It's all meaningless. You're going to gather up a bunch of money, maybe buy a bunch of land, three or four generations down the road, your family probably won't even own it. Amen. 
You're working hard for the money, thinking everybody knows your name and everybody thinks you're great. You're gone. They replace you tomorrow. He's saying all this stuff is meaningless. And he gets to the end of the chapter, in chapter 12, and he says, this is the end of it. Here's the conclusion of the matter. <laughs> Fear God and keep His commandments. Soul prosperity. A prosperous soul. Why is he saying that? Because the things that you have, that you're blessed with, should be there to advance the kingdom of God. And listen carefully, more now than ever. We do not hoard up treasures in the last days. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? Your prosperity is tied to your soul prosperity. Because at the end of the day, what matters is what's eternal. And what's eternal in this room, look at your neighbor and smile and say, you are. But the clothes you wear are not. Not taking your car with you. Some of you are saying, thank God for that. <laughs> Guess it depends on it. Not taking your house with you. Don't care if it's on wheels. You're not taking your house with you. But you know what you can take? You can take every member of your family to get saved. You can take your neighbors and coworkers. Amen. You can take people in this community with you, and that's it. So, the prosperous soul understands that. They put their walk with God first and what they receive from Him, they use as tools to advance His kingdom. That's the true message that so many critics and armchair theologians don't understand. It's about advancing the kingdom. It's about money and resources on a mission. Are you here today? Now, worldly prosperity... You always have to trade something for it. It starts not with prosperity of the soul. It starts with poverty in the soul. A mind that is selfish, a will that is self-centered, and a set of emotions that make the determining factor always something than what God wants. You can go after worldly wealth and you can have a slice here and a slice there, but you can't have God's best if you do it the world's way. You don't believe that? People pursuing worldly wealth will trade their life for wealth. They'll trade their health for wealth. They'll trade their integrity for wealth. They'll trade their kids for wealth. They'll trade their marriages for wealth. They'll trade their peace of mind for wealth. They'll trade everything, and they can have a few pieces, but they'll never have total life prosperity without having a prosperous soul first. I tell you, if you sit here today and you know you're born again and you know your name's written in the Lamb's Book of Life and you know you're on your way to heaven and you know there's peace between you and God as you lay your head down tonight, you are blessed people. Amen. You're blessed. Amen. Glory to God. Mark put it this way in Mark 8, 36, What good is it for someone to gain the whole world and yet forfeit their soul? Matthew 6.33, you know this from heart, but try to slow down and think about what it says. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. A prosperous soul and all these other things will be added to you as well. Here's the good news. Both of those statements are true. One person says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Yes, amen, that's the way it's supposed to be. And then they read the last part, and all these things shall be added to you as well. And then some people, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these other things will be added to you as well. You know what you ought to be saying? Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you as well. It's not either or. I'm super spiritual, so I do the kingdom part. If you're super spiritual, you do what he said. And you do both parts. Come on, say it. I do both parts. You don't have to parse the promises. It's not his kingdom and righteousness or all these things being added unto you as well. It's what? It's the kingdom, his righteousness, and it's all these things as well. But notice what comes first. The prosperous soul. 
Say, the prosperous soul comes first and then everything else. Amen. Turn to somebody and tell them, you don't have to choose. You get them both. But if you go after and all these things first and leave out the prosperous soul, you'll never get to the full measure of what he has for you. Amen. And you get to the end of your days, you would have bought things and stored things and invested in things and had a 401k and blah, blah, blah. You had everything under the sun. You think that this is about, you know, what life is really all about. At the end of the day, you get there and you realize you wasted your entire life pursuing the wrong things. See, pursue a prosperous soul, pursue the kingdom, and these things will follow you. Pursue stuff and you'll never have a prosperous soul. Amen. Turn to somebody and smile and say, he's preaching a lot better than you're snoring right now. Yes, amen. <laughs> just, just seeing if you're here. <laughs> Everybody say the foundation for a prosperous soul. Let me give you a few scriptures just to encourage you about how much God talks about this subject because you listen to some people, they think that somehow we're just pulling a rabbit out of a hat here. And it's not. It's the truth of God's Word. And you and I should embrace and receive everything that He has for us because a high price was paid for you and for me. Deuteronomy 30, 15. See, I set before you today life and prosperity, death and destruction. Now, how do you know one sounds better than the other one? (laughs) Choose life and prosperity through obedience to the commands of God. Do you see that? Prosperous soul is going to cause you to choose correctly here, but he has life and prosperity. I like what Keith Moore says. He says that the blessing is connection to life and the curse is connection to death. Now you and I have been redeemed from the curse. So what should we have? Life and blessing and peace and prosperity in terms of understanding the dynamic of what comes first and what comes second. But nonetheless, that's what the Word says. Psalm 35, 27. Some of you might be amazed to know this is actually in the Bible. It says, let them shout for joy. (laughs) A cup of you got joy and a cup of you just said, these people are crazy. There's no other way to describe them. (laughs) Crazy for Jesus. Amen. In love with the word of God. Amen. (laughs) Ready to go to the next level. Let them shout for joy and be glad. Watch this. Say it with me. A prosperous soul that favor my righteous cause. Should you have joy and gladness over being part of his redemptive effort? See, there's more to you than meets the eye. You don't realize that God has sovereignly placed you here to reach people nobody else is going to reach. Are you here? You should have joy and gladness that favor my righteous cause. Is that you? Raise your hand if you're working on a prosperous soul here. Is that you? Let them shout for joy and be glad that favor my righteous cause. Yet, yet, let them say continually. You mean he wants us to say this all the time. Confess this all the time. Let them say continually, let the Lord be magnified, which hath pleasure in the prosperity of his servants. Pleasure in the prosperity of his servants. He delights in the prosperity of his servant. Watch this. Did you not see first the emphasis on his cause? And then what? Let them say continually that God takes pleasure or delights in the prosperity of his servants. With a a servant with a soul that is prosperous should not be ashamed to welcome the second part of that. Let them say what? Continually. Let's do that right now. The Lord Lord. be magnified who takes pleasure in the prosperity of his servant. Say what? <laughs> Say continually. 
Who gets to say that? Those that favor his righteous cause. Can I see your hand if you favor his righteous cause? Do you believe in what he's assigned us to do? Reaching the unreached and telling the untold. Amen. Make it hard to go to hell for Murray, Kentucky. That's your assignment. Come on, let's make it hard to go to hell. You favor his righteous cause, then you're, you're able to claim what he says next, obviously. Let them what? Say continually. Say it again. The Lord, Lord be magnified who takes pleasure in the prosperity of his servant. What kind of servant? A servant who favors his righteous cause. Say so you are favoring his cause and you're seeking first his kingdom. Don't let anybody shame you or talk you out of the second part. Just make sure first that your soul is prospering. And only you know for sure where you're at today on that. Let me just read this to you one more time. Let joy come into your heart. Let revelation come into your heart. Let them shout for joy and be glad that favor my righteous cause. Yea, let them say continually, let the Lord be magnified, which hath pleasure in the prosperity of his servant. Who, what? God delights in the prosperity of his servant. Now, who doesn't want to give God delight? Who wants to deny God the pleasure of blessing you? You'd be amazed. <laughs> They're out there. One more time, shout it out. Let the Lord be magnified. Come on, everybody. Let the Lord be magnified. Who has pleasure in my prosperity. Not just for somebody else. Psalm 128, 1 and 2. Blessed are all who fear the Lord, who walk in obedience to Him. Do you see this? Blessed are those who fear the Lord, who walk in obedience to Him. A quick lesson on the fear of the Lord. It's not just about being frightened of an almighty God who has all power and He can do it. Amen. He can bring this nation to account. Amen. He can bring the lost and the sinner to account just like that. But watch this. It means to have such love and respect and honor and awe for God that you obey Him. The fear of the Lord means ultimately fear Him enough as well as love Him enough to obey Him. It's important you see this. Blessed are those who fear the Lord, who find great delight in His what? Commands. Now, I said earlier in this service that you're the hungriest bunch I've ever had the pleasure of feeding. I'm going to say it again. You're the hungriest bunch I've ever had the pleasure of feeding. And if that's the case, it means you're delighting in His commands, which means you qualify for Psalm 128, 1 and 2. You'll eat the fruit of your labor. Yes. It means you'll have a job. Yes. A J-O-B. Yes. Can we read on, Pastor? <laughs> I'm retired. You're never retired from the kingdom of God. That's a lie from the pit of hell. You may have left a company. You may have left a position in terms of where you were, but you're never retired in terms of the things of God. God's righteous cause. Amen. You'll eat the fruit of your labor. Blessings and prosperity will be yours. Now you make up your mind. At some point, I believe the Bible. The issue is not whether he wants to bless you and prosper you. The issue is, are you delighting in his commands? Are you fearing the Lord? Are you doing what a prosperous soul would do? Then you, of course, can have the rest of it. Most of the world doesn't want anything to do with God, so they pursue wealth and stuff and position and power outside of Him, and that's why everything else falls apart in their lives. Psalm 112, verse 1 through 3. Praise the Lord. Blessed are those who fear the Lord, who find great delight in His commands. Are you, are you catching a theme here? 
Their children will be mighty in the land. The generation of the upright will be blessed. It's time for you parents and grandparents to start putting faith pressure on the welfare of your kids and grandkids and grandkids. Amen. Great. They're not going to be spiritual wimps. They are not going to fall by the wayside. This wokeism is not going to get them. They're turning their back on that culture to serve God. Your kids will be mighty in the land. For who what? For who that fears the Lord who delights in God's commands. You can put pressure on the outcome of your kids. The kids are going to serve God. Grandkids are going to serve God. Amen. Amen. Juliana is a mighty, mighty woman of faith. Amen. And Andrew, amen, is a mighty man of faith. Powerful. They're going to do great things for God. They're going to mess with the plans of the devil all the days of their life. Amen. I call them double A. You're going to be like the Energizer Bunny. It just keeps going and going and going. If you're walking around as a grandma, grandpa, mom, dad, and you have a prosperous soul, you have the authority to say, my kids are not only not going to be screwed up, they're going to walk with God. They're going to serve God. They're going to do great things in Jesus' name. And listen to me. If you're watching them stray, if you're watching them getting away, don't you dare get in agreement with them straying. You just call them back in the spirit and say, oh, no, no, I'm a man of God. Amen. My wife, she's a woman of God. Devil, you're not going to have them in Jesus' name. You begin to say all that word that's on the inside of them, come up and talk to them 24 hours a day. Do you see the difference between worldly prosperity and a prosperous soul and that kind of prosperity? With biblical prosperity, you get your kids back. Yes, amen. Don't start agreeing with their error. <laughs> you fight stronger than ever before that you're going to keep them in Jesus' name. But read on. <laughs> Wealth and riches are in their houses. See, wealth is not a four-letter word. But you almost have a holy hush on the congregation when it's read. <laughs> let, me, let me inform you of something as an American. Just in the past couple of years, the average house has gone from $200,000 to over $400,000. You probably don't know this, but you are wealthy by being an American. If you were saying, I don't want to be blessed, it's too late. <laughs> That's all I got to say about that. It's too late. But it's not just about material things. Praise the Lord. Blessed are those who fear the Lord and find great delight in His commands. Their children will be mighty in the land. The generation of the upright will be blessed. Wealth and riches are in their houses and their righteousness endures forever. What does that mean? It means the kids are blessed, walking with God. They're increasing. God has blessed them. Amen. They're not, they're not living under the poverty line. Good things are happening to them in the material realm. But watch this. Their righteousness is intact. They did not have to compromise their standing with God to get what they wanted in life. Why? Because they started with a prosperous soul. They started with fear in the Lord. They started with delight in His commands. And He blessed them, but their righteousness is intact. Can I tell you something? This world and this country right now needs more people who God has blessed Who'll be a poster child for God's blessing? I said, raise your hand if you'll be his poster child. He needs people that are blessed who don't walk out on God as they're getting blessed. They keep on serving him and serving him and serving. So when someone has a real need with wife or with kids or with job or with health, they know where to go. Somebody that's been blessed, but their righteousness, their right standing, they're still right with God, even though they're blessed people. Smile at somebody and say, you know, he's talking about me today. That's me, that's me, that's me. Hallelujah. 
Y'all fighting over this? There's plenty to go around, amen? <laughs> Losing the idea that somehow poverty is a blessing, it's a curse. Didn't exist in God's original design, so it shouldn't exist in your mind today. Amen. Amen. Proverbs 15, or 13, rather, verse 21. Prosperity is the reward of the righteous. As you know, there's a reward for serving God. But notice the righteous came first. Amen. Proverbs 28, 25. He who trusts in the Lord will prosper. He who what? Not in man, not his ingenuity, not his ability to bend or break laws, but in the Lord. He trusts in the Lord. Psalm 1.3, the person, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And whatever he does, the Bible ends up saying in that chapter, prospers. He delights in the law of the Lord. And how many have heard this one? For I know the plans I have for you. Yes. Did you know he has plans for you? Well, I sure wish he'd tell me. Well, just stay on his path, keep seeking him, and you'll be there where you need to be. Amen. <laughs> Glory to God. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. What does this mean? <laughs> it means that our prosperity is tied to his plan. Go ahead and poke at yourself here and say, not my plan. It's tied to his plan, and he has a plan for you. And you know, that plan very rarely goes in a straight line. Wouldn't you like it if it did and it was all downhill? But it goes down and up and down and up and over. And so sometimes you can't even see right around the bend. What is your job? Stay on the couple of spots that are already lit up for you. Walk on the steps that you see and don't be concerned about the ones that are years down the road. Just keep on doing what you're told to do today. Today, guess what? I'm going to focus on having a prosperous soul. Say it today. I'm focused on a prosperous soul. And do you know that he has already planted things on that path? And all you have to do is just keep walking down that path and you'll stumble right on top of them. Don't get your eyes on your little beady eyes on somebody else's path thinking it's better. Keep your focus on what he called you to do. He has already given his, his will here is, is evident. He's already said, I have plans to prosper you and give you a future and a hope. It's out there. Well, I sure wish he'd tell me all about it. He, he couldn't tell you all about it. I mean, you'd run for the hills if you saw some of the things that were coming. Amen. I can tell you that's the case with me. This room is filled with fine people. Fine people. And you think I'm joking about it, I'm not. But I haven't always run into people that were always fine people. And you haven't either. And in some of those cases, if the Lord had shown me what was ahead, I say, get you another boy. <laughs> Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? And you've had experiences too, that if you saw them, it'd freak you out. It's the sheer mercy of God that you don't get to see the whole plan at once. I said, it's the mercy of God that you don't get to see the whole plan at one time because you can't handle the truth. So I have learned, I'm just going to walk on the steps that are lit right now and have a prosperous soul right here and let him take care of five years and ten years, whatever, if he tarries, and focus on having a prosperous soul. And I know that surely goodness and loving kindness will follow me all the days of my life. I know that that part's going to be fine as long as I'm pursuing him. Amen. Say it with me. The prosperous soul, the prosperous soul 
is the foundation for a prosperous life. Now, what does that look like? Well, you're going to find out what a prosperous mind is, what a prosperous will is, what prosperous emotions look like. But before leaving today, I'm going to just show you what the three characteristics are of that foundation. Look at some, I say, everything before this was the introduction. <laughs> I'm not going to belabor the point because it's not really anything new, but in this context, I want you to see that there is a foundation for the prosperous life, and it's a prosperous soul. Say it by faith. I have a prosperous soul. Say it. I have a prosperous soul. There's well-being in my mind, my will, my emotions. I'm going after the commands of God. I fear the Lord. I'm entitled to everything He has promised, but my focus is what? Is His righteous cause. That's primarily. And that's where people get into trouble with this particular message. So, the prosperous soul, number one, is, of course, what we would call growing. Say it, growing. Here's the problem. If you're here today and you're not born again, you cannot have a prosperous soul. And you cannot have the full life prosperity this word teaches. So your job, first of all, is to get born again. The new birth. Amen? Say, you must be born again. You must be born again. And then from there, you must grow up in your salvation. You must develop. You must mature. Say, I am growing. I am maturing. I am developing. To, to qualify for what we're talking about, you have got to be on a path of growth consistently all the days of your life. No vacations from growth. When you get this, you don't say, oh, i got to go to church. No. The person who's growing understands. I'm on the path of a prosperous soul. I get to go to church. I get to open up my Bible and read it and study and memorize. I get to listen to good faith-building resources and materials. We're living in a blessed time where, yes, there's a lot of information out there that is false, but there's more revelation out there right now for the body of Christ. If you're hungry, I'm telling you, everybody in here can have a prosperous soul if they want one. But nobody can give that to you. Amen. Be zealous, keeping your fervor for the Lord, you know, Paul says in Romans. That's up to you and to me. Amen. What? What does a prosperous soul do when they're given an opportunity to be in a small group or, or attend the wonderful, you know, Sunday school class that Wilma has just started on the fruit of the Spirit? Well, I already heard teaching on the fruit of the Spirit. Then how come you ain't practicing it? Maybe. <laughs> maybe, just maybe, <laughs> you need a little bit more. Honestly, how you could improve when it comes to the fruit of the Spirit? Come on. We're a work in progress, but we're progressing. This is not just being born again. This is a person on a growth trajectory who is serious about their walk with God, and they don't need somebody else to talk them into it. My pastor, when I came to this church as a college student, did not have to call me, go come to church, send me a postcard. We missed you today. I was hot for God. I was on fire for God. I wanted more. Does that make sense? So this idea that, yeah, you'll just get, get saved and got to prosper your socks off with absolutely no responsibility. And you have, oh, you have a lot of responsibility. You need to be prospering in your soul. And it's not something you check off on a list. It's something you do every single day of your life. You seek His face. You talk to Him. You pray. You pray in the Spirit. Amen? You're in the Word of God. You are serving. You are growing. You are in church. You're doing what's necessary to develop yourself and to grow because the prosperous soul is not stagnant. It's not sitting still. Say, Pastor, that's me. I've been sitting still for years. Well, it doesn't have to stay that way. Can I tell you something? The promises of God are yes and amen, and they'll kick in when you kick in. It's a good day to kick in. Yes, it is. <laughs> I said, it's a pretty good day to kick in and make up your mind you're going to grow. Not because somebody's badgering you. Because you, got, you caught a glimpse of a prosperous soul and a prosperous soul is growing. And I tell you something, as you grow, more joy, more delight is going to come into your heart. The more you're going to have. Number two, this will come as no surprise to you that a prosperous soul is loving. 
You had to go there, didn't you? <laughs> it shouldn't surprise anybody here that a bitter, unforgiving person is not going to have a prosperous soul. Therefore, they're not going to enjoy God's best. You thinking that uh, grudge is so important? You're thinking that that unforgiveness is such a big deal to hold on to? You think what they did to you is so bad that's worth your prosperous soul? They're robbing you blind and you don't even know it. You think they hurt you through the original pain? They're hurting you every single day and you're letting them do it. No, there is not a person on this planet that's worth your prosperous soul. There's not a thing you've gone through or ever will go through that is worth your prosperous soul. Amen. You've often heard it said this, that uh, justification is, amen, he treats me just as if I never Sin. Have you ever heard that phrase? Watch this. It's now time to start applying that to other people and you treat them just as if they never sinned. I lost some of you right there. I heard a holy thump. <laughs> Say it. God sees me just as if I never sinned. I need to start seeing people just as if they never sinned. I don't know. I'm telling you, they're not worth your prosperous soul. A prosperous soul is loving. Lord, shared uh, like this to me that, um, you know, at some point in time, you look back and you say, what's, what's, you know, what are you going to do with this? The things we go through and the hurts that we experience and the wounds and, and the betrayals and the knives in the back, you know. It's like this, that, that, you know, we're not really qualified to handle true riches in the kingdom of God until we have shown that we could be bulldozed and forgive and keep on going. And so on the other side of your mistreatment that you're qualified to handle true riches. The Bible tells us very plainly, if we can't handle you know, normal material things, how can he trust us with true riches? It's time to let people go. Right. Say it. They hurt me. They wounded me. But they're not worth my prosperous soul. Say it. I release them. I forgive them. I let them go. Go away, unforgiveness. Go away, bitterness. Go away, grudge. Don't have time for it. So imagine that if I'm growing and I'm loving. Boy, I'm, I'm, I'm getting down the road now. <laughs> say, I'm growing and I'm loving. Turn to your neighbor and say, you're growing and you're loving. By faith, tell them, you're growing and you're loving. This is the foundation of soul prosperity. Number three, the prosperous soul is giving. Not just growing and not just loving, but they're giving. They've understood that they are stewards of their time, their talent, and their treasure. Time is your most precious commodity. Make sure that you don't involve yourself in everything but the things of God with your time. Make sure you're investing in the kingdom of God. Remember, it's those who what? Are a part of his righteous cause that enjoy the blessing he talks about. You are a giver of your talent. Amen. In this room are people with musical talents. In this room are people that have a God call to work with kids. Some of you with youth. Some of you in terms of your ability to organize and to manage and to help lead and help guide, you have those abilities. But the only problem is you're hiding. And this is pastor's find meter. And I recommend you just go ahead and yield. Make up your mind that not only am I supposed to be a person who is you know, investing my time in the kingdom. I need to invest what I can do in the kingdom because you don't want pastors showing up. Beep, 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 beep. 
I'm just sitting in church, you know, just, I mean, good old-fashioned average American. Watch this. A Christian who won't serve does not have a prosperous soul. Oh, did I say that? I said that. that was so good, I'm going to say it again. A Christian who's not serving does not have a prosperous soul. Now, you can be in transition, whatever the case may be, but to get used to not doing anything is evidence of a soul that's not prosperous. Now, some people are limited by opportunity in terms of, you know, how their body functions and their age and whatnot, but everybody, even in that category, could be a great intercessor for God. And trust me, we need them right now, more than ever. Are you here today? <laughs> Say it with me. Prosperous soul gives their time, gives their talent. Beep, 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 beep. <laughs> Some of you are saying, that's why I sit in the back, Pastor. That's why I sit in the back. <laughs> you don't think I'll go back there? Beep, 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 beep. <laughs> I surely will. <laughs> I know how to get back there. <laughs> the prosperous soul is giving. They give their time. They give their talent. Don't make a big deal about this. Amen. Start with the fall festival. It was enthusiastic here, a little bit less enthusiastic here, and dead quiet over here. So I'm going to try this over here. Start with the fall festival. Hey, did I mention we have funnel cakes? Hey, pastor, if we volunteer, do we get funnel cakes? No, those are for the guests. Gorge yourself as far as I'm concerned. I will tell you this for all those card people out there. Everything we have at the Fall Festival has got carbs in it. Yeah. Amen? So, bring your own meat. <laughs> the hamburgers and the hot dogs, I guess you can eat them without a bun. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Let me see. Uh, giving of their time and their talent. What comes next? Their treasure. Ah, you had me, Pastor. <laughs> a prosperous soul is not walking around trying to get all they can and can all they get and then sit on the can. That is not what a prosperous soul does. A prosperous soul watches God increase them and they get excited. A prosperous soul, the first thing when they get a raise, they're thinking, I can be a bigger blessing. That's how they think. That's how they think. When they get an unexpected check in the mail from grandma, the first thing they want to do, tithe. And then what else do you want me to do with this? There's a level there of a prosperous soul, and Paul describes it in 2 Corinthians 9, where they're quick to do it, where they're cheerful. They're animated. Some of you hear people cheer when Rodney has said offering time. You're like, these people are crazy. They're certifiable. <laughs> Who cheers to give their money away? Yay! And now I'll go home and give away my house. Yay! And then tomorrow the car. Praise the Lord! These people are nuts. No, they have a prosperous soul. They have a quick to do it. Why? Because they have an understanding that if I will walk with a prosperous soul, I don't have to worry about the blessing coming up on me and overtaking me. I don't have to be concerned with that scripture in Psalm 35 applies to me. He takes delight in the prosperity of a servant, amen, who favors his righteous cause. Far be it from people trying to pull it out of you. <laughs> Turn you upside down, amen. It's not necessary. All that's, watch it. All that's necessary for a prosperous soul person to give faithfully is just be given the scripture. That's it. Amen. Amen. That's all. The truth. Not manipulation, not coercion, just the truth. Amen. Say it with me. A prosperous soul leads to all other kinds of prosperity. But a prosperous soul is necessary for total life prosperity. Or you could do it the world's way. I don't recommend it. There's always a severe trade. Mom and dad lived uh, on Lake of Egypt in Marion, Illinois, and I told you so before, but uh, one of the heirs of the, the Getty fortune um, just made tons and tons of money. And I believe this uh, person was probably 40-something at the time, and 
uh, one of the grandkids, and he actually became a lawyer and had a house on the other side of the lake. And uh, he, he was quoted as saying that, I heard my grandfather say more than once, I'd give all the money back if I could just kept my family together. You know what he was saying? He said, I had money, but I didn't have prosperity. Amen. Or somebody who just drove themselves in the ground working 120 hours, you know, because they don't believe in prosperity, so they'll get it themselves. And kids don't know them, wife doesn't know them, everything falls apart, body falls apart. That's not God's design. Amen. Work, yeah, not work yourself into an early grave. Amen. Say it, prosperous soul. Say it, my prosperous soul is growing and loving and giving. Amen. Too much to give up if you're not growing. Too much to give up if you're not loving. Too much to give up if you're not giving. That's that, that foundation. So by the time we're done with this this month, you're going to know exactly what constitutes a prosperous mind because you can't have a prosperous soul if your mind's not prospering. What is a prosperous will? You can't prosper if your will's not prospering. And you can't prosper in terms of your, your life if your emotions are not prospering. And then we're going to show you the behaviors of a person with a prosperous soul and then we're going to talk about the benefits of a person with a prosperous soul. Amen. And by week five, you're going to be happy. Yes. Amen. You're going to be saying, Pastor, preach another week. Yes. <laughs> and some of you are thinking, mm -hmm, I've been here a while. If you finish this in five weeks, uh huh, that'll be a first. <laughs> that'll be a first. That'll be a first. <laughs> as long as Jesus tarries, there'll always be another Sunday. Amen. But at least I have a goal this time. I usually don't even have that. It's just whatever the Lord wants to do. But it's so important. It's so important that God's people have prosperous souls. Yes, it is. Amen. And then enjoy the benefits. Say it. Say it boldly as you stand today. Shout it out. The Lord be magnified. The Lord be magnified. Who takes pleasure, takes pleasure in the prosperity, prosperity. of... His people. Raise your hand if you're one of His people. Woo!